Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's not about the corner office. It's not about the fancy title. It's not even about the extra money. Responsible leadership is about taking care of those who choose to follow you, and that care takes on many forms. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the best guests with the best advice to help you succeed in that endeavor. The Responsible Leadership Podcast is a production of The Leadership Phalanx. To find out more about me and what I do, visit leadershipphalanx.com. That's leadership, P-H. A-L-A-N-X dot com. And now, on to today's show. Well, all right, folks. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Responsible Leadership Podcast. I've got a great guest lined up for you today, Mr. Brad Hawkins. Brad, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Earl. I have been looking forward to this. Yeah, no, it's it's been a minute since we've uh, been working on trying to get this thing scheduled, and I'm just glad that we were able to make this uh, work, because I think we're going to have a great conversation today uh, around some topics that maybe not everybody associates with responsible leadership, but uh, we'll get to that here in a second. I just want the listeners to know uh, that Brad is CEO of SaferNet. Uh, which is not your average VPN. SaferNet technology uses 256-bit encryption uh, and has been used by the U.S. military and World Bank to give you your own private and secure connection to the Internet. They currently have 11,000 users in over 43 countries. Brad is the father of six kids and built his company from the ground up with a vision of keeping his kids safe. As he likes to put it, there will always be dangers in this world and as a parent, but at least now I have one less. The company has been featured in most major magazines like TLC, Hallmark, and A&E. Brad, really, really love that idea there of, of building a safer world for your kids. And with that in mind, I'm really kind of curious how you're going to answer this first question where I start off all of my guests. When you hear the term responsible leadership, what does that mean to you? Um, thanks, Earl. I appreciate that. And I I find it interesting, actually. I, I know that you had mentioned that that was the question you were going to start out with. And I pondered that for a minute and I thought, hmm, Responsible leadership, that's not something that you come across every day. Uh, you hear about leadership, you hear about responsibilities. 
uh, first thing that goes through my mind is, okay, well, who exactly am I responsible to? And when I, when I break that down, I think, okay, well, I've got uh, shareholders, I've got uh, you know, people that I'm building this company for uh, and, and myself. Uh, but the reality is, is it goes much beyond that. It's being responsible to my family and, and accomplishing something of value that even my kids can look up to and say, gosh, my, my dad helped to do that or now they're working for me in some capacity. So they're participating. But really, I'm the, one of the biggest things I'm responsible for is leading my people. And, uh, you know, the, the people that work for me, uh, I remember back in a day, I've, I've owned and run multiple companies. This, this company is one of the funner ones that I've done, but I've had uh, a medical wellness company, an investment management company, an oxygen delivery company. I've had LED light manufacturing and Shenzhen, China. Uh, I've led lots of companies, and I've found that I've always been responsible to the people that are looking to me to run this company successfully and make it to the place where everybody benefits. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. And and it, it, it's one of the things that really kind of sung to me uh, when I kind of got the pitch to have you as a guest. And I was reading that piece about your family and it, it, it took me right back. And this is a story I've shared a couple of times on here. Uh, but there's a gentleman named Bob Chapman, uh, CEO of Barry Waymiller, and uh, he wrote a book a few years back called Truly Human Leadership. And he tells a story in there about how he had this kind of leadership epiphany at a wedding one day. He said he was attending the wedding and he was watching the, the father walk the bride down the aisle and, and give her away to uh, the groom. And something just hit him. He says, you know, that's a lot of what people do with us in our organizations. They, they trust us to, to kind of take care of them, to take care of their family, to provide a safe environment, to provide a living and really care about their, uh, their well-being while they are quote unquote married, uh, to the company, uh, through, through employment. And, uh, you know, even in your answer, I heard kind of a lot of those themes there about, you know, kind of treating your employees like family. And so uh, I, I like that. I like that take on the answer there. You know, it's uh, it's kind of interesting because I remember when I was working for a company and and I just kept watching what they were doing in leadership. And I was just like, man, if. As soon as I get in charge of whatever it is I'm doing, I'm going to do it so much better. These guys are all idiots. I don't think they have any idea what they're doing. And and I strove to be in charge. And when I got there, I realized, wait a minute, nobody seems to want to follow me. <laughs> and I all I did is try to force my agenda on everybody that was working for me. And... I realized if they don't understand why I'm doing what it is that I'm doing, if they don't buy into that whole concept that I see that I'm, that we're working towards, um, I can force them for a while, but all they're going to do is be gruntled just like I was and, and hit the road and go away. 
Um, but if I get them to the place where they can understand what we're trying to do and buy into that whole thing and feel like they're part of that, all of a sudden now, I'm not really forcing anybody to do anything. I'm trying, just trying to keep them on track and keep them focused on what it is that they're supposed to be focused on. And it makes, in my mind, it makes the leadership so much easier and a whole lot more fun in my mind. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you. Like in the work that I've done, I can always tell when I walk into an organization how the leadership is because of, of what you just said. Uh, you know, you, you can just tell the the vibe of an organization uh, how happy are the employees? How bought in are they to the actual vision or are they just there to, to draw a paycheck? And it is, it really is special when you have, uh, whether you're a follower or a leader, but when you have the leader that inspires you to want to follow, not you listen to them because you have to, you can get so much more done and have such a, a happier, healthier environment, can't you? Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that actually I love the very most is being able to see my my employees, see the people that are, are trusting and relying on me and see what their capabilities are. And I think, I think a good leader is able to take a look at somebody and know where to place them to make them shine, to get, get it to the place where they can just absolutely take off. You know, I've got a uh, uh, a guy that was was actually he still is working in sales for us, and he just kept coming to me saying, "If we do this, or if we do this," and and I'm like, "This this guy is very very good at sales, but if I keep him in sales, he's going to be worn out because he's not working uh, at, at the best place that he can be." And so I just recently challenged him. I said, you know what, here's, I'm going to, I want to give you a bonus, but I need you to do something for a bonus. I need you to put together a, a, a detailed plan. If you were going to change that department, what would you do to change it? And he got so excited. I said, you're going to have to work on your off hours, but uh, he got so excited. He's been sending me emails. He's just on fire. And I know I'm going to have to take him out of the sales role and put him into some development, uh, some organizational development strategies because he's so gifted in that area. But it's my job as a leader to identify people where they're they're good in some areas, but amazing in another area. And I can capitalize on that. Now I may not be able to create an entire uh, job for him, but I at least can keep him in that place where he can shine and be and accomplish something that he can be really proud of. Um, but anyway, it's a lot of fun to be able to see who somebody is, what makes them who they are, and let them just take off with it. Um, it's it's quite amazing. I have another another guy that uh, actually he works uh, for a different business that we own. My my family I don't do a lot with this business, but my family owns uh, a, a couple of wedding venues. And uh, this this guy started out as a, a, a kind of a wedding coordinator. And uh, I just I mean, it was he, he, it was it was kind of an odd thing. It wasn't a normal position for him. He was just trying to feed his family. And so uh, I watched him and paid attention to him and saw what he was doing and uh, encouraged him uh, to uh come into the office and, and do some work in the office. And, and seven years later, he's running the entire thing. He's our general manager 
And he is uh, absolutely uh, one of our key employees that I could never, uh, hopefully he'll never leave us. He's just fantastic. But it's just watching and seeing what somebody's capabilities are and keep putting them, challenging them a little bit and putting them in places that they can excel. That That is one of my most fun things as a leader. Yeah, no, I like that. And that, that's kind of some next level leadership thinking right there, because, you know, one of the one of the questions when I'm working with uh, leaders and especially when they're going through an hi- a hiring action, tell me, say the one question you need to ask, what does success in this position look like to you? I said, because the answer to that question is going to tell you a whole heck of a lot more about how that person views the position and what they can bring to the organization than just about anything else. And it, it sounds kind of like that's what you've done with, with both of these is, is ask them what success looks like and uh, empower them to go make that a reality. Because, you know, a lot of times as leaders, we get locked into what we think something should be. And when you ask that question and you have the people in that you can, you can listen to and you're willing to listen to and trust and let them run, a lot of times almost all the time, the end product is something that's so much better than you could have ever imagined. And it sounds like you just realized that with a couple of employees. Well, it's, that's very true. And if, if you're always trying to force someone to do what you want them to do, you will always have, you would never have any leaders working for you. And, and then it puts you in a place where you're having to do all the work all the time. You're having to watch it and pay attention all the time. That particular company, um, believe it or not, I show up on Wednesday morning and I buy everybody breakfast and we just sit around and talk and we just have a great time building relationships. And I really don't do anything other than working with my general manager and keeping on the focused direction of the company. And so at that point, I have great leaders all over him and myself so that really, I really don't have to do anything because I trust them. If I'm forcing them to do everything that I have in my head, I never get full leadership out of somebody. I'm always having to be there. I'm always having to pay attention. I'm always have to approve things. I'm always having to uh, direct everything. Uh, I don't have a business at that point. I just have a very difficult, hardworking job, and I don't like those. <laughs> uh, I, I like motivating people to become amazing and let them share a lot in the uh, profits of the company, let them share a lot of in the glory of it. And my job is to sit there, serve them, give them everything they need to be successful and accomplish what they want to accomplish as long as it stays in the vision track that I've laid out. Yeah. No, and I love it. And and you used uh, a a very key word that I use a lot there when you said relationships. And you always joke every time somebody says that word, my listeners know exactly what's coming because I always say, you know, leadership is just another relationship. Um, Everything you need to make a personal relationship work is the same stuff that you need to make a a leadership relationship work. You need trust. You need confidence. You need uh, transparency and authenticity and all of those, all of those things. And uh, when you invest those in that relationship, yeah, you've got that. And and sometimes that's all you need to do is just show up and, and foster the relationship because You've put, as, as you so eloquently put it, you've put the right people in the right place to let them go and and execute the, the vision. 
so no, I love that. That is that is some very next level leadership stuff there. And and uh, you know, I'm I'm sure you weren't always in an environment like that through your business journey, and and not a lot of people have. And uh, it, it's just a great environment to be in and operate in. So kudos to you for creating that. Well, I tell you, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy my work. I really do because I do try to do my best to build with those relationships. Um, I, I feel like I work with a lot of friends and, you know, they still have a lot of respect for me, but really my job is to serve them and to make sure they have everything they can be to be successful. You know, I have a, a an employee even before it became popular for, uh, um, for everybody to work from home. Um, I have an employee that was just a fantastic employee. He was uh, working here in Denver with us and his, uh, he was actually from, um, from Europe and he, he his papers, uh, he couldn't get renewed and he had to go back home. And so he, he turns in his resignation papers and I'm, I'm like, do you really want to quit? Why do you want to quit? And he said, well, I've, I've got to go home and work on, on getting a green card here. And, and I said, well, you can work on getting a green card, but if you love working here, let's just keep it going and uh, we'll, we'll just set you up. We'll send you home with whatever you need to be able to get it working. And he just couldn't believe it. Um, he is probably the best employee uh, that we have. He gets more done than I've seen anyone get done um, because he knows that we completely trust him. And he just now it's a little more popular to work from home now. But when we did that, it was just absolutely he was absolutely amazed that we would do such a thing. Um, and he'll be with us for as long as the company stays around. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, that is the power. And this is where I really wish more leaders would, would come into that because we're starting to see now as we're quote unquote returning to normalcy and businesses are quote unquote reintegrating their workforces and all these words that are becoming popular right now. You know, we're, we're starting to see this kind of reversal of that that work from home uh, policy and and. Quite frankly, we're starting to see a lot of people that don't want to go back because they were able to be more productive. They were able to be a little bit more autonomous and and they did do more. And, and that trust piece there and, and being willing and flexible to to find what works for you and your people. And, and yeah, that again, that's that's amazing stuff because you hit the nail on the head, the, the loyalty piece. Right. When you treat people like that, when you treat people like family and go above and beyond, I mean, this is a situation that was out of his control. Uh, you know, you've got tons and tons of red tape and government bureaucracy to go through. You could have very easily done what most employers would have done and be like, ah, oh, man, that sucks. But once you once you get it straightened out, you got a job here when you come back. But you found a way because you showed him. You showed that employee how valuable they were because you took the time to find a way to make it work. And yeah, the, that that's loyalty you can't buy. Uh, so I love that story. Yeah, it's, it is quite fun. And, and actually we pop on uh, um, the proverbial zoom. Um, we have a couple <laughs> other tools that we use, but uh, uh, we still use zoom as well, but it's, it's kind of fun to, have those conversations. And, and whenever I get on those meetings with him, he's, 
he's telling me all the great things that he's doing. And, and uh, it, it's really fun to see his energy and excitement. Um, but what's interesting now, this this is a little bit odd. And I, I find it, uh, you know, some of your listeners are probably going to think I'm off my rocker. But uh, um, he started coming into the office um, drunk. And, and I look at that like that's not something ever okay in this, in this environment. And I had to send him home a couple of times and say, you know what, I don't know what's going on, but you cannot be in the office. Uh, he comes in very humble and apologetic afterwards. And, uh, and I just realized there is a big problem. So I took him out to lunch and I said, you, you can have to explain this to me because this is so far out of your character. And, and then he expressed his, his, uh, extreme frustration that he could not figure out a way to to stay in in the company and he he figured that he was in his words he was worthless and he was acting as if he was worthless and we had quite a long conversation and he's rebuilt his himself back into this place that he's absolutely a valued employee now, my point in saying that is that, you know, I probably wouldn't do that with a fairly new employee that I didn't really know his character, didn't know who he was. But uh, a lot of times you've got amazing people working for you. You've put so much into them and they and they have a left hand turn experience in their life. And you look at it and say, OK, do we have any responsibility to this employee? Um, it would be pretty easy for me to fire him for walking into the office drunk. Um, but I look at that saying, is he willing, uh, to, uh, uh, humble himself and share with me really what's going on and see if there's anything at all that we can do to help. And so I, I know that seems a little bit odd. And I know I've got several CEO friends of mine that, uh, I think I never would have taken the time and wasted my time in doing that. But I do believe, uh, number one, we have a responsibility to these people that are, are looking to us as their leader and to show them what a good leader could actually be. Number two, it's great for the company because the company didn't lose a fabulous contributor. Um, uh, and it's great for he and his family because we were able to help him get, get him back on his feet in a short period of time. Now, I'm not talking about a long-term uh uh, fixing of, of bad character, but, uh, but absolutely being able to help him get back on his feet and get him to the place where he's back being productive. So that's something that I feel like when you talk about responsible leadership, um, if I'm responsible for, to these people, I'm responsible not only to that guy, but I'm responsible to the entire team. And when the entire team sees that um, we were able to rally around one person and bring them back into fully productive uh, employee. Uh, and I, I didn't uh, destroy or blow the guy up. Um, they all of a sudden have this incredible sense of loyalty back to the company, not saying that we're working here, but we're a family and we're going to hang on to each other even when we have a difficult time. Now, if it became a problem for everybody else. If you know that everybody else in the team was in danger or anything like that, I definitely would not be doing that. But uh, I, I do feel like there's a little bit more responsibility that we have to be able to uh, uh, 
keep or help our employees be the best they can be. Yeah, no, man, that is, again, uh, another fabulous story. And I really hope my listeners listened to that and, and took away all those key points that you just made because they're 100% spot on. You know, and, and uh, I'm not surprised if you have some people who look at you like you're crazy when, when you tell that story. But I think that is absolutely the right approach, especially if you're, uh, as we mentioned, you're building those relationships. And you're taking the time because you can't make that call if you haven't taken the time to know who that person is and know that this is out of character. This isn't who they are. What's going on? And there's a whole lot of conversation we can get into there around, uh, you know, these things that are called moral injuries and how they impact uh, people's work performance and those sorts of things. But, you know, I think you, you did exactly the right thing and what you should do because of all the message they send and not only the the family inside the business, but as you mentioned his family, you, you were able to keep him employed, keep food on the table, take some of those stressors off. So whatever this was that he was going through, he was able to not add more onto it. You were able to to create a, a psychologically safe environment for him to really kind of say, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of screwing things up here and give him the grace. And, and again, that loyalty piece, because that's where I see too many organizations they're, they're too quick when somebody stumbles, you know, I can go out and I can recruit 10 more people to, to fill your job. Well, good. Sure, you can. But you're not going to recruit that person with that level of loyalty that you invest the time in to let somebody. Uh, Stanley McChrystal tells a story about when he was, uh, I want to say, a young lieutenant, how he completely screwed up uh, an exercise. Um, and He's, he says that when he's walking out of the tent, his captain at the time comes over and taps him on the shoulder and, uh, you know, says, hey, McChrystal, great job in there. He said, at that point in time, I realized that a great leader can let you fail without becoming a failure. And uh, that, that's kind of what you did. You let this guy fail without becoming a failure. And and it's just a great, again, a great story. And, and I wish... <laughs> I wish more leaders, more not even CEOs, just more leaders, period, full stop, no matter what level you are in the organization. Take the time, get to know your people, know what is what their character is, what's out of character, and be okay being vulnerable yourself to reach out and say, hey, guy, I get it. Something's going on. How do we help you get back on track? Because, again, you can't buy that level of loyalty. You can only build that through trust, care, and concern. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that, you know, there's times in my career that I was not that person uh, and, and realizing, you know what, my, my role as a leader is not to, you know, I, I used to think the title of CEO was like the pinnacle of success. It's like I, I accomplished what it is that I wanted to accomplish. And then when people start uh, going, uh, not respecting the title, um, you, all of a sudden now you get put off. It's like, how dare you not do what I tell you to do? I'm the CEO. And, and it, it just spirals. And if you, if you build a leadership structure in the business about titles and about who you are and, and about respecting me because I'm the leader, just do what I say, um, that culture is going to penetrate that entire company and it just makes it 
a miserable culture for everybody because everybody's striving for that next title as opposed to striving to see the best in the business succeed. Now, I do believe you need to have titles because the, the entire country works on titles. And if I pick up the phone and I talk to somebody, I have no idea what authority they have to make decisions. But, um, but I do think that, that we have a tendency as a culture to be able to, uh, it, we want people to respect the title that we earned as opposed to just being humble to say, you know, my job as a CEO is I, I, I need to humble myself. I need to be the one with the most courage to be able to step forward when the, when it's difficulty. I need to have that tenacity when everything is falling apart and I'm the only one that still believes in the plan and I keep people rallied and keep people moving in that in that process. And I need to serve them to be able to get to the place where everybody has the capabilities that they can to be the best that they can be. And as long as I can lead that way, my company will be very successful. Um, and if, I, if I'm leading out of force, if I'm leading out of uh, demanding, if I'm leading out of uh, you know, forcing people to respect me, uh, it, it is a short-term thing. But people respect me because I serve them and I help them become the best that they can be, that's the best respect you can have as opposed to uh, if you don't respect me, you're fired. So right. it's, it's a very uh, interesting thing. But I can tell you, that's not the way I started. I just, I forced people to do things. I commanded people. I demanded people. I fired people if they embarrassed me. I did all of those things and realized I couldn't get anyone to to follow me. I couldn't get anyone to do what I needed to do. And as soon as I got someone to the place where they were doing really well, they left to find a better, better environment. And and I was like, you know, this has to change or I can't I can't be successful. And I realized if I don't humble myself and become their best cheerleader, I'll never be successful. So anyway, that I cannot tell you that I'm excellent at that, but that's what I strive for. Well, I can tell you right now, just over the 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 stories you shared here right away, um, you, you're head and shoulders above a lot of folks. So so congratulations on that. Uh, but you know the 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 other thing here, and, and I'm sure you've seen this, and you kind of brushed up against it there with the last bit of of your share there, is it's reciprocal. Right. I mean, when you build that environment and you look out for people, you look out for their welfare, you you help prop them up. Whenever you have those issues, they're going to turn around and do the same. That, that individual you helped through the the kind of alcohol issue there, if he were to see you start coming in, you know, late or be irritable or be grouchy or, you know, whatever's out of character for Brad, he's going to be a lot more willing to, to step up and say, hey, you know, you help me out through this. I want to help you out. What, what's going on? Whereas if you don't take that time, you've got a lot of people, kind of like what you were just saying there, you got a lot of people who, when you have your rough patch, they're piling on, they're pushing, they're they're adding to it. They want to get rid of you or get away from you. But building those those networks, building those relationships, it's, it's building a safety net for, for yourself and for the organization as a whole. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I think that that happens in every relationship. I know with my wife and I, if, if I treat her with love and compassion and mercy and, and, and build her up, 
when I'm down, she does the same to me. But if I am, I am being obnoxious to her and, and, uh, you know, forcing her to do my agenda and, uh, expecting her to, to do all that. She's just gonna, uh, do it begrudgingly, but we never get that close unity between the two of us. It happens in every relationship, uh, that, that we have. And when we see the best in somebody else, um, you know, sometimes they're too insecure to be able to see the best in you. But as you continue with that, uh, you know, longevity, continue to push and continue to uh, show them that you're not going to throw them to the wolves as soon as they make a couple of little mistakes. They start building that loyalty. And then you all of a sudden have this amazing team. And then out of selfishness, you don't, if they make a little mistake, you've put too much into them. You don't want to let them go. You want to see if you can rebuild that and get it back to the place where they're productive. Um, but uh, it, it's it's definitely a different leadership strategy or style than I grew up under, but uh, it, it seems to have worked for me so far. Well, that's good. That's good. And, and we'd be remiss here, Brad, you know, th- these have been some great stories and thanks for, for sharing them uh, with, with me and my listeners and, and talking about the culture there. Uh, but we'd be a little bit remiss if we didn't actually kind of talk about what y'all do there at, at, at SaferNet. And uh, I want to start off with, you know, kind of this one question that I'm sure you probably get asked quite a bit when, when people are looking at your services is what, what is a VPN in the first place? <laughs> I, I I gotta tell you, I love uh SaferNet. I, I've as I as I mentioned, I have done a lot of businesses and this is kind of that pinnacle, probably uh the last one I will be so involved with from startup. But uh, um I I gotta tell you, you know, a, a little bigger picture. I think the internet is the greatest invention of all times, and uh, I think that it has done the most advancing society um you know it might be arguable the the industrial revolution did uh but you know that the internet has just expanded it so dramatically and so you, you look at that and say you know it's pretty exciting but there's so much dangers and so much happening behind the scenes on the internet that most people don't have any idea and so a VPN allows you to use your device, whether it's your computer or laptop or cell phone or whatever that is, whether it's for business or personal, and it allows you to go through the internet in kind of a private little tunnel, and it's all encrypted so that nobody can access you, and you can go anywhere on the internet that you'd like to go and be be safe. Nobody's seen what you're doing. Nobody's uh, stealing your data. Nobody's doing any of that kind of stuff that you hear about all the time. But then we we kind of bolstered a little bit and we, inside of that little tunnel, that, that VPN tunnel, we put virus protection. So that if you wound up at a website that, that was actually a virus, um, you know, all the other VPNs, it's, it's, it's uh, kind of unfortunate, but you get there with another VPN other than SaferNet, uh, what you're gonna do is, is grab that virus and and safely deliver that virus right to your device or right to your network or or whatever it is, and you've got to somehow catch it uh, before it spreads out through the entire network. And so what we've done is we put virus protection inside of the VPN, so we stop it before it gets to the device and before it gets to the network. 
And so, and then we added a little bit more um, that we added 200 internet controls to allow an administrator to control the internet. So part of that, we have 84 filters that we can turn on and off different portions of the internet. So if you don't want social media happening at the office, you can turn off social media or, you, uh, you know, fathers might want to turn off pornography to their kids or whatever it is, but you can, you have, you have 84 different options of things you can turn off. Then you can refine it a little bit more and say, well, I'm going to allow social media, but I'm going to, or I'm going to block all social media, but I'm going to allow, um, say, for example, Facebook, so that you can refine and detail your internet activity as close as you would like to. You can, you know, if you've got, uh, you, we've got trackers on there that, that only stays within the VPN, so nobody else gets it other than that administrator, but you can see where your truck deliveries are or anything like that. We've got, eight, like I said, 200 internet controls. But the coolest thing that I'm so excited about is uh, it's rolling out uh, here uh, probably hopefully next week if this next test goes. But we are adding uh, a, a new reward for every hour that you stay connected to your cybersecurity. Uh, obviously, staying connected to your cybersecurity is the most important thing you can do. Uh, but for every hour you stay connected to your cybersecurity, you earn one point towards cryptocurrency. And we have we have a little dashboard inside of our, our product that you can see your cryptocurrency increasing. You can uh, pay for SaferNet with your crypto. You can buy NFTs. You can uh, ex exchange to other uh, uh, currencies. Um, but you will accumulate crypto within our system and uh, be able to, to buy and sell and exchange. And I got to tell you, a, a, a really uh, important key employee uh, that was in our office said one time, you know, we're, we're selling this. We're, we're, we're trying to get people to buy this, but it's kind of like trying to get people to buy vitamins. Nobody likes taking vitamins. Um, they'd rather just take pain medicine uh, if they have a headache. They don't want to take vitamins. And uh, I thought, well, that's exactly right. It's it's not fun buying cybersecurity. And I thought we have to come up with some way of making this fun. And, uh, you know, the world's moving towards this cryptocurrency. And I thought, why not prepare all of our users for cryptocurrency, teach them how cryptocurrency works, uh, get it to the place where they can see us as a way to keep people completely safe as they access their cryptocurrency, as they uh, buy and sell in this new digital economic environment. Uh, and so, yeah, that's uh, it's a new endeavor that we've added to our product that has been a lot of fun around the office. So, uh, but that's how we keep people safe. And uh, it's, it's a much different environment. Most VPNs, all they are is a VPN tunnel. Uh, we are, We've taken the key most three key most important parts of cybersecurity, meshed them into one uh, app to go on any device, and all they have to do is to go to safernetvpn.com and create an account. Hmm. No, that that is interesting. Like that, that, that's a lot of stuff there. Like it goes. I, I can already see how it goes well above and beyond just kind of your your standard antivirus software that that most people 
you know, probably think protects them fairly well. And, and, um, you know, I guess it's better than nothing. Right. But, um, you know, even with all that, I got to ask, because this is something like, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I've gotten, I've gotten kind of numb to, you know, the, these headlines about, Oh, your data breach at XYZ Corp exposes 2 million accounts. And, and, um, you know, I, I got hacked. Oh goodness. What is it? It's been about seven, eight years ago now because somebody hacked the South Carolina department of revenues, uh, site and got my information. And so with, with how prolific, like you mentioned the internet with how proliferated our data has become, our personal data has become through, uh, social media, as you mentioned through online shopping, Amazon, you know, uh, uh, Facebook marketplaces, all of these things, like, do you really have any type of digital privacy or, or really protections anymore in this day and age? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good question. Um, the answer is no, <laughs> that's the <laughs> okay. answer. But the reality is, is you can limit your exposure. And, you know, the truth is you that, you know, you mentioned Amazon. A Amazon is uh, obviously a very large target, but they spend millions and millions on, on their system. Um, they might or might not get breached. Um, if they do, it'll be pretty dramatic. Uh, you know, we know we watch Target get breached. Um, and it's interesting because you watch what happened with Target. Um, it, when they back it all up and be able to see what happened, what ended up happening is one of the key employees in Target was in uh, a, uh, a a public Wi-Fi. Uh, I don't know for sure, but let's just say it was a Starbucks. And so they they opened up their their computer at Starbucks. They did personal activity, not, not really accessing the internet yet, but personal activity on their computer. And before they went to go access anything on the internet, they turned, he turned on his VPN and then he went to, to do whatever he needed to, uh, which is exactly the protocol you're supposed to do. But unfortunately somebody put a Trojan on his device before he uh, activated his VPN. And so then when he activated his VPN, that Trojan, which is uh, a, a style of, of a virus, uh, and basically a Trojan means that somebody on the outside can access their uh, bit of code, which is a Trojan, anywhere that, that they go. So now that he has his VPN open, he, the Trojan controller, can go into target uh, network and do anything that the that the the key employee had access to. So that's how they got in by getting access when a VPN was not active. That's one of our key components of our of our VPN is the fact that we run twenty four seven always on. You when you turn on your cell phone or your computer we are already on. We don't run that gap that allows somebody to be able to access it. Um, and so at that point, uh, if he would have had a 24-7 always-on VPN, that 
that attack would not have happened. And uh, there's thousands of people wouldn't have lost uh, an enormous amount of time and energy that, in trying to rebuild their credit after that. But yeah, you're right. There is no privacy. But if we continue to hack away at the at the uh, the little pieces of cybersecurity that we can, it's highly important. You know, you and I've been talking for just just under an hour, and and my guess is is that on my device, I've been attempted to be hit maybe a hundred times. Uh, everybody is all the time. Uh, it, as part of our product, we show everywhere that's been blocked, everywhere that's been allowed to go, and we show everywhere that has been somebody has tried to reach into your device and captured your data we not only do we stop them but we reveal who they who they are and what they did and so or what they tried to do and so looking at it to know that there's people trying to reach into my device all the time tells me gosh that is a monstrous economic engine for somebody and if i stop them for mine they'll just go somewhere else and so my job is to keep myself and my business as safe as I possibly can. And hopefully more and more people catch on. Yeah. No, and, and I think that last piece is kind of a key element here, right? It's, this isn't something for, uh, you know, just for businesses. This is something for every single person to look into, right? Absolutely. Everybody needs to take that level of responsibility and get it to the place where, they know that they're as safe as they can be. I know a lot, I talk to a lot of people and they say on a private level, uh, on a personal level, you know, I have nothing to hide. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody's going to try to take my information. Well, if that's the case, why on my personal phone are they attempting to hit me probably a hundred times since we've been talking? They're gathering an enormous amount of information um, and they're building profiles about who you are. Now, sometimes they're using it to sell to you. Sometimes they're using it in other ways. But the question is, would we feel comfortable uh, leaving our front door unlocked and allowing somebody to walk through our home doing whatever they wanted to do as long as they didn't take anything? And, and I would say for myself, that would be a big, big no. Uh, I would not want someone to do that. Um, that that's just not okay. But somehow we've convinced ourselves that, you know, we've got these people crawling through our devices. Well, they're not taking anything. So does it really matter? Well, yeah, actually it, it does. There's this thing called privacy that's very important and we want to keep that intact. So that's why that VPN of ours is 256 uh, encrypted, which is the, the level of encryption the military uses to make sure that it cannot be penetrated. Nobody can break that encryption code and be able to get in and see what's going on in your device. If you want someone to have your information, you're free to give it to them all you want, but they should not have the ability to reach in, walk into your house and check everything out just because it's convenient for them. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that analogy there and, and that explanation. It makes a, a whole lot of sense. And, and, 
you know, you've got a very uh, important mission and a very noble purpose there behind your organization. And that just kind of ties back into, uh, you know, the conversation we've been having this whole time about why it's important uh, for responsible leadership, because you can't put together a team that takes this as seriously as it needs to be taken and performs the way that they perform to kind of eradicate, uh, attempt to eradicate these intrusions uh, unless you're taking these steps of responsible leadership to make them feel like they're valued because, you know, you, you just kind of mentioned it there, you know, obviously a little bit different with the target employee, but if you're not treating these people well, uh, that that's a weak link, right? That's, that's somebody who walks out and, and gives the bad guy the keys to the kingdom, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. And, and, you know, if you can, demand people to run their cybersecurity as a business leader, or you can lead people just like what we talked about. And if we lead people, helping them fully understand why it's so important, helping them to understand uh, the, the character of the company that says, hey, not only are we trying to keep you safe, we're trying to keep the business safe so everybody can be productive, everybody ha- keeps a job, everybody is successful. You, you build that entire character model into the business, the business will want to stay safe. safe. Um, and, and I'm sure that there's a lot that goes on in, behind the scenes, but I do think it's very, very important that people consider safety online as a very important piece of using the internet. Um, and when people do, uh, it, the internet will become even that much greater of a tool for everybody to use, number one. And number two, that's why we've put that cryptocurrency in there is to make it a little more fun uh, to say, you know what, let's let's game this a little bit and uh, see how many cryptocurrency coins I can earn by staying safe. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Well, Brad, we've been chatting here for um, we're just shy of about 50 minutes here, which has been amazing. It's been some great conversation, great stories, uh, you know, great, great explanation of why VPN and SaferNet is so awesome. I'm just kind of curious. Is there anything that we didn't get a chance to cover uh, that you want to leave listeners with before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, one, one thing I'd love to uh, share with them is that uh, um, we have created a promo code just for you and that if anybody would like to they can try out say now anytime if you go to to safernet.com or safernetvpn.com um, you can get a 14-day free trial um, but after that 14-day free trial uh, you can get 50 percent off for the first two months if you just enter leadership with a capital l leadership in the promo code you will get that that discount so um, you can enjoy it you can build some cryptocurrency you can stay safe online and uh, or safer uh, online and uh, be uh, enjoy the world of accessing everything you want to access online uh, one other thing I wanted to add just as a as a funny little token is that I was on the radio recently and he was uh, a, a gentleman that was wanting to challenge a statement that I said. And I said, well, believe it or not, um, uh, we do not slow down the Internet. And that's something that most people using VPNs, they say, gosh, I don't want to use a VPN because it slows down the Internet. 
uh, I said, we don't slow down the internet or at least anything that you would notice. And uh, the, so they called me up as a CEO and they said, I want to ask you about this of you not slowing down the internet. And, and I said, well, according to our lab, we slow down the internet 0.01%, but you don't notice it. And so technically we do, but it, you don't, it doesn't notice. And he said, well, do you mind if we do a live on-air test? Well, what can you do except say, yes, I'm thinking how many things could go wrong here? But uh, he's like, okay, we're gonna do this live on-air test. Uh, it's a guy named Tom Martino. He has this uh, uh, radio show. And so they did this test and uh, they didn't say anything about the results. And we went to commercial, came back and he said, okay, something went wrong. We need to do it again. And I'm like, okay. So they, they did it again and said something went wrong again. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to sound really bad. I don't know what's going on. And they did it a third time. And he said, well, I got to tell you what's really going on is that um, every time we try to access, uh, the, say we run the test with SaferNet on, it actually speeds up the internet. How could that be? And I said, well, we, we don't really speed up the internet, but the effect might feel like we speed up the internet because when we block all that outside traffic, trying to reach in and gather your information, when we're blocking all of that, they're using your CPU to be able to access it. When we block all of that, the actual effect is that it will increase the speed that you're operating. Um, but technically we are 0.01 slowing it down, but you'll feel like it's faster. Love so it. I just thought that was a little fun, fun little anecdotic story. But if you, if you try the word uh, leadership with a capital L, you'll give, give it a try for uh, uh, two months for 50% off. Love it. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, and, and I love that story. I love it. It makes perfect sense about the, the resources management there. And uh, there, there's a lot of, of parallels and stories that can be taken just from that piece alone. But, um, you know, so people want to find out more about SaferNet. Uh, they they want to sign up. They want to make use of that code. Uh, want to find out more about Brad and, and what it is that, that you do and what you offer. Uh, where are good places for, for those folks to go uh, connect? Um, yeah, just go to safernet.com or safernetvpn.com. It all goes to the same place. Um, uh, but you're also, um, if you love to chat, I'm always on LinkedIn and you can reach out there as well. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Brad, I have absolutely loved this conversation. Like I said, I love the the authenticity. I love you sharing these stories. I love you being open about your your journey and your struggles early on and, and getting to where you've gotten to and uh, sharing the, the importance of, of cybersecurity and a VPN with us. And you've just been a great guest on the Responsible Leadership Podcast. I know my listeners have taken a lot of information away from this. I highly encourage them to go uh, make use of of that code and uh brad just thank you very much for being such a valuable guest on the responsible leadership podcast well thank you earl so, so much for having me on i've really enjoyed it i know we've waited a while to get this on the calendar and it's been a, a blessing for me to to uh be here and i'm just want to thank you for what you're doing in helping leaders become better i, I think it's amazing i think what you're mission and your plan is is absolutely amazing and i'm grateful for being a part of it
Well, all right, folks, there you have it. Another great show about responsible leadership. I really appreciate you listening. And if you have any feedback for me, please reach out at earl at leadershipphalanx.com. That's E-A-R-L at leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X dot com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show so these messages can spread further and make a bigger impact. With that, I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.